be seated. I want to um, show you a video real quick. Hey, sure. And um, to those who come to Soul Shifters, Zenny said not to show this video, but the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, show it. You'll laugh. So, because it's going to really tie into what I'm teaching on today. But she'll show it again on Soul Shifters, but you'll have to just kind of be cool, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but if she asks you, if you've seen it, you have to say yes. But she's not going to ask. As long as we're not on live stream yet. No. <laughs> That's okay. Come on, let's play it. I'm gonna, I, this is so funny because it's so, I was, I was helping my son-in-law with the boat last night, and he showed me this video. And he laughed and laughed and laughed, and Krista didn't laugh at, laugh at all. So I want to see if you're going to laugh on this one. <laughs> it's not about the nail. <laughs> yep. So, so how it correlates with the... Uh, with the soul, it's not about our anger. It's not about my fear. Can't you be more understanding? Amen. We got to deal with the problem so we can get his understanding. Amen. The enemy wants us to get an understanding before we get his understanding. And that's to remove the thing. So you can picture that anger just sticking out. <laughs> that fear just sticking out. Amen. <laughs> Perfectly. Um, there's not going to be any scripture on the screen. I'm going to have to teach from the ones I have here. But I want Chris and, and Carrie to come up and stretch these out because the Lord wants me to teach on this this morning. And uh, they stretch that out. This handout that you have is so important to understand this. Richard, do you get one? Okay. Um, the Lord really has me on this. You know, that one song was talking about there is a current flowing from the throne of God. But that current is flow, supposed to flow, flow from Him through us and touch somebody else's life. Amen? That's what it's all about, is touching someone's life for God to bring Him closer. The theme of this teaching is really just reaching the goal. It's going to be so important to reach the goal. Christ is coming back soon. When I get into worship, I can feel it. When I get in that third, I can just feel it. And I tell you, when you feel it, it really puts the fear of the Lord on you. To live right, to do nothing that would offend him. Amen. That's how close it is. But to reach the goal, a matured kingdom, a matured vessel, a glorious son and daughter, and a victorious bride. Paul said he strives for the prize of the upward call of God. It's a goal. Jesus said, when you put your hand to the plow, don't look back. And plowing's hard sometimes. Amen? 
Sometimes you've got to plow through some stuff, and, and if it hurts somebody, God will cover it with grace. But the focus is on you. Heaven's focused on you. When you have to confront something, when you have a conflict, he wants you to plow through that conflict, show some love, and move on. The kingdom is about movement. Amen? The church age is about coming to Christ, but the kingdom age is about movement. And this is the, uh, a powerful year of movement. And we got a prophetic conference tonight at 7 and all day tomorrow just about. And the timing of it is so perfect. Because God has told us what he's going to do this year in this last quarter. So we had a death, we have a burial this, this, this month, isn't it? This month, this three months. This burying, yeah. And then we have a rest, and then we have a resurrection of something that we have never experienced before in this last quarter. If you'll follow the direction of the Lord, he's going to guarantee that you're going to experience something that you have never experienced before. And that's what the kingdom life is all about. Experiencing something new each year. We should be going into something new each year. Amen? And Paul also said to be filled with the fullness of God. For all creation is waiting for you. We get full of other things. We get full of people. We get full of, of things. But th th this vision the Lord gave me, and it's in your hands, was so complicated when I got it out of the third heaven that I've been months and months just breaking it down to where it's really teachable, that you can get it. So we're not going to go through all of it today. Next pastor's conference, I'm just going to keep going with the same thing because there's six teachings on this vision, step by step. And the teachings, I'll, 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 you, can, you can write them if you want, but this is recorded. But the first teaching on this vision is about the seven internal functions that need salvation. You have three functions in your spirit. Intuition, communion, and conscience. You have four functions in your soul. Intellect, will, emotions, and affections. Our goal is to work with the Holy Spirit to get these functions to experience salvation. Not just being saved, but being made whole. Amen? And the second one is, when you go to your second chart, it'll be, we have to understand that the internal flow, the current of God, is established in its truth through the witness of the Spirit. You've got to know the witness. You've got to know the three witnesses. When they're moving, when they're... When they're, when they're being activated by God and when we're supposed to move and when we're not supposed to move. I know as a young Christian, every time I got the witness, man, I was off and running. And I'd usually end up in the ditch on my face. God has a timing for movement. Just because he's given you something doesn't mean you're supposed to do something with it yet. You got to hold on to the promise. So you can become the promise. And number three was the third chart we'll, we'll be teaching on. We have to have an understanding of the timing and release of that flow 
that internal current of the Holy Spirit, those rivers of the Holy Spirit, to be established in that truth. See, by stepping out prematurely on a witness, we are establishing a truth that's not connected to God. If the Holy Spirit is not with that truth, it's not connected to God. Amen? The witnesses of the Spirit is releasing the Holy Spirit to connect with the truth that you heard so it can be established in your life. Does that make sense? And just because it's established, once it gets established, there's sort of an excitement. But still, you're not supposed to do anything with it. Just enjoy it. You know, you can just commune with God in His Word and just enjoy the food of the, of the Spirit of, uh, of God and the, and the Word of God. It's so satisfying just to read and meditate on that Word. The fourth teaching we have to understand that the purpose of testings and trials as it correlates with the internal flow of God is to increase love and to remove what hinders love. That's all God is trying to do is get things out of the way that's hindering a divine love. I feel it. That current that we're talking about is a divine love. And number five, we have to understand our need for healing. We get delivered. The word gets established. But the word was sent to do what? Heal. So we jump out on, the, out on that word like jumping on a motorcycle and off and running, and the whole time, we're still wounded. That word has to begin to work to make the hurt feel better. So we have to understand our need for healing and our covenant blessings. We want the blessings without being healed. Because the flesh doesn't have the patience to wait on the healing. We want to be blessed. But that, does that mean I'm flowing in the blessing? No. The God blesses us with his word. That's the blessing. God blesses us with his spirit. That's the blessing. That's what he blesses us with. And when you truly become that, then the covenant blessing is released in your life. And it'll run you down. You'll not be in any need or want. Because you know why you're not in any need or want? Because you don't want that anymore. When you get to that point, all you want is him. All you want to do is spend more time with him. That's why he said there's no needs or wants to those who are fixed on him. And the sixth teaching is going to be the final outcome of the victorious bride. And there's three signs to know that you are truly washed. You're truly washed. 
justified, sanctified, glorified bride ready for Jesus to come return. There's three signs. And that's the last teaching. So you'll know what the goal is. Amen. So I'm going to start with, um, this is kingdom life ministry. So we should be teaching about the kingdom and the king. Because everything's wrapped up in that. The whole message is about that. But I asked the Lord, what, what scriptures can give me what speaks of the kingdom in its manifestation and what speaks of a display of your glory in one set of scriptures. Isn't that powerful? Because the kingdom of God is the power of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is the presence of the Father. Amen. So I wanted some scriptures that would that would just put this in a, a context for me without having to jump all over the Bible to find out the flow of God. And he said it's all in Isaiah 61, 1 through 8. He said that's the message. And I'll read it. The Spirit of God, the Master, is on me. Because God has anointed me. Now, if you got the Holy Spirit and you're born again, you I'm talking to you. He's anointed you. He sent me to preach the good news to the poor. Has he ever sent you to, to speak to somebody? To give them some good news? He heals the brokenhearted. He announces freedom to all the captives. When you show up in a room, you should be the announcement of freedom to someone. Pardons all prisoners. God sent me to announce the year of his grace. A celebration of God's destruction of our enemies. When you enter into praise, that's what you're praising him about. Is the destruction of the enemy. He made a public spectacle of him. Can you imagine the shame? That really messed up his pride. And to comfort all who mourn. To care for the needs of all who mourn in the church. Give them bouquets of roses instead of ashes. Isn't that beautiful? There's a lot of places out there that's just offering ashes today. But no refreshing. No revelation. Nothing to keep me thirsty. Keep me thirsty, God. Messages of joy instead of news of doom. That's your message. And listen, a praising heart instead of a depressed spirit. That's why medication can't conquer it. Amen. Praise will lift depression every time. And worship will take you right into his presence. He said, I'll rename, rename them oaks of righteousness. 
planted by God to display his glory. Isn't that beautiful? This is the Message Bible. Planted by God. When you got born again, you were planted by God. You were an oak of righteousness to display his glory. Not to display his prophecy. We have this prophetic conference coming up, but our people ought to know that's not the goal. Prophecy is for, for correction, for rebuke, rebuke, correction, and edification. That's right. Amen. But to display his glory, not in your teaching, not in your preaching, but to display his glory in your countenance, displaying the light of his presence. I said, Lord, this looks like a glory shirt. He said, yeah, just make sure the glory is inside of you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> he said, you know, the shining ones are coming, but they're not going to be wearing a shirt like this. They're going to shine whatever they wear. Amen. But this is what the devil needs to see. I want to remind him today that this is the glory behind this shirt. That's, 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 you can just mark right there. That is the kingdom of God and manifestation. Verse 1 through 3. That is the kingdom, the power of God and manifestation. And the latter verse, verses is a display of his glory. The church is not meditating on the word of God. If the church would meditate on this scripture right here, it will change your life it will change your family. It will change your ministry. It will change your finances because it's going to get you focused on the kingdom of God. And you're going to become that kingdom. Verse 4 says, they'll rebuild the old ruins. Only the glory of God can change you. That's how you know you're in an apostolic ministry because you're going to be changed. It can be painless. Or it can be full of pain. It depends on how much you fight against God. The easiest thing to do is surrender and let the word work. They will raise a new city out of wreckage. I told the Lord, I said, give me the ones the devil's the, the, the busiest with. Amen? Because I like a challenge. I want the ones that have lost hope. They, they can't seem to get it right. They get it almost there and they fall over and over and over again. Those are the ones I want. And he sent them. Modern day Mary Magdalene sitting right here. <laughs> Amen. They'll start over on the ruined cities. Take the rubble left behind and make it new. That's the glory. The glory of God is the creative side of him. That's what we got to understand. The glory is the creative side of him that we cannot do. In verse 5, you'll hire outsiders to herd your flocks and foreigners to work your fields. Verse 6, but you'll have the title. This is what the devil ought to see when he sees you. 
you'll be carrying a title, the priest of God. The priest of God. Not the preacher of God. Not the apostle of God. Not the evangelist of God. Or the teacher of God. But the priest of God. Priest serve. Honored as ministers of God. That's the glory. You'll feast on the bounty of the nations. You'll feast on the bounty of people. Wouldn't that be beautiful? I love people. Amen? And you'll bask in their glory. That day's coming. But it's not going to come until you become this, until you understand the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. And when the two come together and clash, there's a kingdom explosion of power and creation happening. Because you got a double dose of trouble. I mean, how you a double dose of trouble? Amen. Lord said not to add to his word, but I let the Lord, I think I've had more than a double dose of trouble. Well, he says it depends on the measure. It's still a double dose. Because you got a double dose of trouble and more than your share of contempt. Don't you feel like, you know, why doesn't Carrie have to go through what I go through? Amen? <laughs> your inheritance and the land will be doubled. You see the order here. God's looking at people before he looks at restoring your material possessions. You have to look at people and you have to give people what they need. And that's God. If they can just get God, God will start adding things to them and know that he's real. Your inheritance in the land will be doubled and your joy go on forever. Did you hear that? Forever joy. So there's our answer to getting joy. This is our answer to getting these things from God. I want to challenge all the leaders here today to meditate on these scriptures before the next conference and tell me your testimony. Because the Lord said, if they will meditate on this, and how many times you got to meditate on it? Three times. You hear it seven. You meditate on it three. And you confess it and declare it as the last action. And then you don't have to meditate on that word again. It's put into law. Once it's left your mouth. And it's the law of life and peace. So you meditated on the first time. To build up your spirit man. You meditated on the second time to bring your soul and your spirit into agreement. And you meditated on the third time to bring your senses into submission to the seven functions of God. You meditated on the first time to build up the spirit man in you because that's where your power is at. You meditated on the second time to bring this soul. See, meditation on the word is renewing the mind to think like God. 
Reading the word will never renew your mind. Reading the word milks your spirit, man, like a baby in a bottle. But meditation on the word is transforming the mind to receive the meat of the word. Amen. Then the third time you meditate on it, you do it very slowly each time. You get slower each time in your meditation on the scripture. And your senses, your, 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 your flesh, that's your, your senses, will come into submission to the order of the seven functions that God has placed in us for salvation. Now you are qualified and permitted to declare that word and put it into law. And then you just rest. You just rest in it. Because that law is coming back with life where there's death. So if my finances have death on it, that law is coming back with the answer to resurrect this death into life. Wherever the deficit is, is where life is attracted. And how do you know it's resurrected? Because Jesus said, I didn't come to the world with, a, with peace. I came with a sword. But I left with peace. So this is how you'll know it's resurrected. Peace. The law is life and peace. And peace means he just set up his rule in that area of your life. And you don't have to manage it no more. It's alive, it's working, and it's doing what it's supposed to do for God in your life. And peace is the highest level of authority. The absolute highest level. If you're at peace and your soul and your spirit, you're at the highest level of authority. Demons are going to run from you. Sometimes I'll go into Walmart and people start just scattering. I always wonder why. And now I understand. Because peace scatters the devils. Because peace is a reminder of his defeat. And a reminder of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's why he's so ornery to get us to worry, to get us fearful, to get us angry about someone. Because he knows that you, you don't have that area conquered yet. But if you'll do what this is saying, this meditation, it works. Your joy will go on forever. Because I, God, verse 8, love fair dealing. I hate thievery and crime. I'll pay your wages on time and in full. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> in other words, there's not going to be any payroll deductions. <laughs> and establish my eternal covenant with you. Man, that is so beautiful. That is the kingdom message. That whole Isaiah 61 
covers heaven and earth. Covers the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. It's so beautiful. So beautiful. We're going to go into teaching number one. And I'm going to start off with Hebrews chapter 6, 1 through 3. And you just write the scriptures down. I need you, would like you to meditate on these scriptures now before next session because when we start getting into all six of these teachings, you're going to be totally changed at another level. At another level. This is April. So we have April, March, April, May, June, July, August. Look at that. The sixth teaching is coming out in September, the beginning of the manifestation of the glorious season that he said would happen. Look at the timing of this. If we do this and do understand what's happening here, we will embrace something we've been crying out to God for so long and wonder why we haven't gotten it yet. Hebrews 6, 1 through 3. Therefore, let us get past the elementary stage and the teachings of Christ. Get past it. You, you very rarely hear me teach a message on salvation. I only do it when the Spirit leaves me because there might be one soul sitting back there in that corner that needs saved. But the majority of my message is apostolic. It's kingdom-minded. It's to, it's to bring the bride onto maturity, a spotless, worshiping bride. First thing you come when you, you're going to learn when you go, you're going to learn how to worship. And it's going to be painful. It's painful. I'm telling you, I've heard some crybabies. <laughs> they won't cry to me, but they'll go indirectly to Lee or somebody else. I can't take it. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> My flesh is just wore out. It's not doing nothing. What is this accomplishing? <laughs> Richard, my buddy, he and I go back a long time. We started worship a long time right in that conference room next door. Amen. Yes, when you break through, my God, Jesus. Man, you'll hate the devil at another level. Get past the elementary stage of teaching the Christ. Advancing. That's the key word in this theme, is advancing. You can't receive what God has for you in this last quarter being where you are right now. Because His blessing, His resurrection, His blessing, you won't be able to hold on to it. Wow, I'm feeling so strong. You will not be able to hold on to it. Advancing on to maturity and perfection, and spiritual completeness. Now listen to that. I thought my spirit was complete. Our spirit is not complete. Our spirit is whole. But it's not complete until it has conquered the soul and its salvation. Now listen to this. Get past the elementary stage of teachings about Christ Advancing onto maturity and perfection and spiritual completeness. And it says, doing this, 
Do this without laying again a foundation of repentance. Do this without having faith towards God. That doesn't make sense, Dr. Lee. To do this without ritual purifications. Do this without laying on hands on people. No wonder the people is a mess in the church. You don't know how those people live? Spirits transfer from these hands. Spirits transfer from this voice. That's how they exit and get on somebody else. You've got to do this without laying on hands. The resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. These are important matters in which we should have been proficient long ago. That means we should have been solid in it. We shouldn't be coming to the altar getting saved over and over again. That's what he's talking about. Amen. When something goes wrong in your life doesn't mean you're not saved. Amen. When the fiery trial comes into your life does not mean you are not saved. And the devil wants you to think. wants you to think that you're not saved. So you come running to the altar saying the sinner's prayer all over again, and the whole time we just missed the mark because maturity was at hand. Maturity was at your doorway. Another level of glory you were about to enter into. Amen. And he will do this. That means I had nothing to do with it, but stop doing these things. Amen. He says, he will do this, Richard. That is, proceed to maturity if God permits. Why wouldn't God permit it? Think about that. Why wouldn't he permit me to go on to maturity? And I asked the Lord that, and I kind of wrote it on here. He said, faith pleases me. Obedience releases me to release you to maturity. Does that make sense? I struggled with that for, for several times. If God permits. So God's love is conditional when it comes to maturity. His love is unconditional when it comes to salvation and being saved. But we have to obey the word of God to be able to grow into maturity. And, and there's a lot of conflict going on with people and strife and all kinds of demonic stuff going on. But we, the church, are not supposed to connect with any of that. But when we do, we just promoted Satan's kingdom at another level. In my life, in your life. So move on. Let's look at Ephesians 3.19. It says that you may come to know practically through personal experience. Chris, you said it the other day. I, I heard it on your teaching. Chris, Chris and Tori's teachings are excellent. It's amazing what God is doing in this place. With the young ones, they're in their 20s, and they're teaching better than I teach because I listen to it. There's a flow. There's a there's an anointing on this 
this, this next group coming through Kingdom Life Ministry to teach. But Chris, when you said the love of Christ is an experience, it's an experience that so far passes my knowledge so that you may be filled up throughout your whole being. This is, this is you right here, filled up, overflowing throughout your whole being with God, completely flooded with Him. Can you imagine? It didn't say the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was sent as a helper. He wasn't sent as God. He was sent as a helper. So he can help you to become like God. And when you become like God, you'll be full of God. Amen. Luke 16, 16. These are what you're going to meditate on. The law, the writings of the prophets, were proclaimed until John since then, the gospel of the kingdom of God has been and continues to be preached. And I love this. This is a revelation. Everyone, Dr. Lee, everyone tries to forcefully go into it. You cannot forcefully go into the kingdom. I said, Lord, what does this mean? He said, they are trying to force, forcefully go into my kingdom through their gifts and their callings. Oh, man, that is, that is so abundant in the churches right now. Your gifting will not take you into a kingdom experience. The word of God and your relationship with the word is going to take you into a kingdom experience. Amen. We gotta we gotta judge what's working through us. The enemy can stir your mind up to get the gift of God stirred up to manifest it in an untimely way. So when you look at this 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 vision, teaching number one. You have the regenerated spirit man. You have the functions of the soul. You have the awareness of grace. And you have the Trinity one. It's amazing that we can get the Holy Spirit back here. But Jesus said to his disciples, my father and I want to come make a home in you. And then a few verses after that, he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit first. So the first part of the Trinity is right here in my spirit. This right here is my belly. It's right here. The Father and Son are down there. Does that make sense? So I'm on a journey to become like them. And when I become like them, then I become them and they become me. Trinity one. We're all one. When Jesus said, 
out of your belly shall. It's conditional. It's conditional. Genesis said a river comes from the throne of God, not four rivers. But that singular river is all blocked up right here in my spirit, man, because my soul has so much ungodly character in it. But look at this. When this single river right here begins to bubble up in me because I'm going to obey this word for the first time, it goes into the garden. Your soul is the New Testament garden. And it departs into four riverheads. There's four functions that each river comes through. And, and, and this is where you're healed. You're healed right in here in this rest. So that these rivers can flow through healing. And become the four rivers that departed from the Genesis garden. Is departing from you. So when I show up or you show up, prosperity should show up. It's all over me. It's an anointing. I should be the source of everything you need. It's an anointing. I should give you a divine word from God because I'm in divine communication with him. It's an anointing. I should be able to protect you through the love that's bellowing off of me because it's an anointing. Those are the four rivers. That's what they represent. Isn't that powerful? So we have the Spirit right here. This is where the truth of the Spirit comes into my spirit man. This is where, this is where the Spirit of the truth comes in. This is where the truth of the Spirit comes in. So here's where the seed comes in to my soul. The spirit, the spirit of truth comes in right here, regenerates me back to God. Then the spirit in me is going to introduce the word of God to me. And it's just a seed. So it gets planted according to James, the implanted word of God is able to rescue this soul from the devil. That's why the devil would love to keep you right here. Having fun in church, as soon as you open up the door, he's all over you right here. And you just can't seem to get the victory. Amen? So he doesn't mind you being here. He doesn't mind that you're going to heaven because he's producing more uh, ungodly people. But he does mind if you destroy his kingdom. He does mind if you advance the kingdom of God on the earth. He's very mindful of that. So he's going to do all he can to keep your soul a mess. To keep your head a mess. That seed implanted right here, when that seed gets implanted right here, all hell breaks loose in my life. When a seed begins to open up in the ground, doesn't the earth begin to shake and move, making a way for the fruit of that seed to come forth? So when that seed gets in here and we enter into a rest, what's happening right here is twofold. A healing's taking place 
and destruction is leaving my life. And then this thing begins to open up, freeing me into the full liberty of the glorious sons of God, flowing totally from the inside out, living totally from the inside out. The kingdom of God is not by observation. Amen. It's within us. So we have our intellect. We have our communion. We have all this right here. This is the intuition, communion, and conscience. God only speaks right here. God will never speak to your head. He speaks directly right here. He reveals his word to your head indirectly. So Satan can put a word in your head, and you can even quote it, and you think you got it. And then the trial comes, but the character is not matching that word. That's how you know it didn't get planted. That's how you know it came from the enemy. Meditation on the word gets this seed to germinate. The sign in this last quarter is going to sift the goats from the sheep. And I don't want to see any kingdom people be a goat. That's going to show me who's real. That's going to show me who who really loves God with all their heart, with all their soul, and with all their strength. Because they partaken, partaken of the resurrection in this last quarter of something that you'd never had. It'll be a sifting for me. See, because you can have goats in your assembly holding the rest of the people back. And God will give you a message, begin to sift the place, sift the place, shift the place, lift the place into my glory. Amen. So there's a there's a sifting going on between death and burial. And in your rest, there's a shifting taking place. You're turning in a new direction. And in your last quarter, there's a lifting that's going to take place. And you'll have such a zeal for God that you'd never had before. Such a joy for God that you'd never had before. So the enemy loves to reason with us. He just loves to reason with us because he knows if he can get us to reason, he can cancel out grace. So what do you mean, Gene? We, we got grace? Jesus said there's a grace in us that will get us to heaven. But there's a grace above us. He says we are under grace. Remember that? He says you're under grace. But most of the church has not accessed grace. They've only experienced the grace that saved them, not the grace that can establish them. Isn't that true? He said, when you obey this word that got planted right here in my head, grace descends upon me to move me into maturity. You can't get here without grace. And it's, it can't be the grace that saved you back here. We keep trying to get this grace to work for us. 
But this grace already accomplished what it was sent to do. God's grace is manifold. There's many facets of His grace. And I'm going to be teaching that in part of these, these series. The facets of grace. So I can know which one's working right now to be aware of the grace that's working right now so I can experience it right here. The devil loves to reason with you. The devil loves to, to bind up your, your will, to put, put fetters on it, that you don't even know how to choose God anymore, that you only choose what you know, not what you have faith in. And, and this is the place that Satan gets his delight, is the emotions. All we have right now for the majority of the church is an emotional bride. We do not have a worshiping bride. We need a whole church to come together and be a worshiping bride. But you gotta, you got to enter into praise before you get into worship. And you don't know what to praise him for because he hadn't yet delivered you from something. So you'll never end up worship. You'll, still, you'll continue to be an emotional bride. Praise is because he delivered me from something. Amen. So the devil loves the emotions. The devil loves to prostitute your love. Because you need somebody. I need somebody to touch me, hold me. Man, if, if, once you've got the embrace of Jesus, you won't want no flesh touching you. Because his embrace is something, and that's when I'm hoping he'll, he'll manif one of the things he'll manifest in this last quarter, just to embrace you, just to hold you. If you're in, still in need of man, you haven't got a revelation of God yet. Because when you get a revelation of God, you don't want anything that's created. And then when you get over here to the awareness of grace, after you successfully, now you have to successfully pass through this trial. Jesus said to pass through. You'll go through the trial. It's amazing how many people stay in this trial right here. And they get a little breathing room. Then they're right back into this trial. You can see it on their face, what they're going through. But when you successfully receive the implanted word, the revelation that God revealed to you back here, this is what's meditating on the word, not your soul. Your soul is just a function. The Spirit is trying to meditate on the Word of God, but it needs your cooperation through these functions. And as you meditate on this Word, the Word is getting implanted. Over here it's getting grounded, or rooted, and over here it's getting grounded, built up. Grounded means built up. So we have implant, we have root, and we have a build up right here. So when we enter into a rest, didn't, didn't it feel awesome to pass a test, to pass a trial, and enter into that rest of God? 
Isn't that a beautiful experience? To enter into this rest right here. And this is where you, he begins to perfect what he planted right here. This is when he begins to establish that word that he planted right here. This is where he begins to strengthen your senses and your flesh because you're going to need it to bring this word to maturity over here. The strengthening is the anointing. It strengthens you. It empowers you. And then when you get over here, I call this the rivers of glory. Every time I open up my mouth or you open up your mouth, those four rivers should be coming out in some measure. In some measure. What if you just had one river coming out? Usually the river of prosperity is the first thing that God hits your life as soon as you get born again. How I many of you got born again and God starts blessing you? And then just got kind of clogged up. I call it, I call it blood clots. We had too many blood clots back here. We need the blood to flow. The blood needs to flow. The blood is the spirit. The spirit needs to flow. Don't pay no attention. Paul said, I did not confer with flesh and blood. Don't counsel with flesh and blood. The first time we get in a trial, we want to counsel with somebody. Oh, I need godly counsel right now. Come on. God is wooing you into the secret place. Under the shadow of the Almighty. Oaks of righteousness right here. This is your goal. And if we successfully do this during these seasons, it's a beautiful how God laid out this year for us. Next year, kingdom life is not going to be the same. And I don't, we don't need everybody to do it. I just need one more person. <laughs> because he said he did everything in twos, right? He sent them out in twos. I just need one more person to come along with me. And this place will be transformed into another level of glory. Prosperity is here. It's a constant flow of prosperity. When you are dead to something, God can flow through you to get something to you. This doesn't mean that money is flowing out of me. This means that the anointing for money is flowing out of me. The anointing to create wealth is flowing out of me. An idea is flowing out of me to create wealth for God so he can continually establish this covenant in me and his people that he swore to the forefathers as it is this day. But you won't even take note of the prosperity around you because what you're feeling on the inside flowing through you far outweighs any material thing. That's why Jesus didn't need anything. He had these four rivers flowing. Amen? He knew that when he left everything in heaven, that he would bring the four rivers to the earth, he would be the four rivers of the earth, and he would need anything the earth could provide for him. And the devil tempts him with it. I'll give you all these kingdoms. <laughs> and what did the devil want? Worship. If you just bow down and worship me, I'll give you what you don't have. I'll give you what Jesus don't have. 
because Jesus didn't have it until he resurrected. And he said to the church, here's the kingdom. Here's the earth and all that is in it is yours. And the church is broke, busted, and disgusted 2,000 years later. Amen. Why is that? Because the apostles were not in place all along. You will ne- Listen, you will never get from your rebirth to this glorious maturity unless you're under an apostle. I don't care what you say. It's in the word. Isn't that right, Dr. Lee? Dr. Lee's an apostle. You'll never get there. You got to sit at the feet of an apostle to be able to grow. You can't sit at your own feet. I tried it, didn't work. I realized I had to submit to authority and the proper order for this to work. And thank God the Holy Spirit taught me how to do that. Because listen, the Holy Spirit won't lead you in the wrong way. The Holy Spirit won't lead you to the wrong person that's going to mess you up. The church is too busy. The church needs to get quiet before God. The highest form of worship is quiet. You notice how God comes in this place after, after we put our worship on and Jesus comes in and worships with us. He begins to praise with us. And then the Father descends. And then we just don't need any more music. Because the music doesn't compare to his presence. And he brings you into that divine rest. That heavy rest. That's the highest form of worship. Being still and know that he's God. That he stilled this mind that was racing. Thinking all kinds of crazy stuff in worship. That he put this thing to stillness. Where all it could do was think about God. So you have your spirit. You have your seed. You have your time. Time means that you're spending time with God. Right here. You're, you're communing with that word. You're at rest in God. But we have... Spirit, seed, time, and harvest. The devil tempts us right here to get out of this rest. Because he knows the next step is the harvest. So he tempts you right here. He's adverse to you right here. He's angry. Because you disrupted his kingdom. Because you found out there's a trespasser in my mind. He's angry. He's adverse to what's happening right here. He's adverse to that implanted word getting planted. But if you draw nigh to God, God will draw nigh to you. If you submit to God and resist this devil, he will flee from you. Run from you. Because the word of God gives him a good spanking. They don't want that spanking. He's going to run. Flee means running in terror. In the Greek. Amen. This is just the beginning. Wait till we get to the end of this teaching. So pastor's conference. Y'all need to be coming. Because if you don't get this. There's no resurrection at the end of this last quarter. Because this thing's got to build.
Amen. But the seed that you have, the revelation of God is that seed. God revealed something to me out of his word, and I'm going to hold on to it. And that's all I have while all hell is breaking loose around me. I'm going to continue to meditate on this word. I'm going to continue to confess this word. And the whole time I'm meditating, confessing this word, things are moving in the spirit to bring me into a rest. I'm in the arms of God. I'm in the secret place right here. What I was holding on to here, the truth of God, I'm becoming here through grace. And when I become this truth, I am qualified. God is permitting me to maturity. How do you know someone's mature? They have dominion over the devil. They have power and rule over the devil. The devil already knows you have power, but he knows most of the church don't have no dominion. What's dominion? Tell the devil he can't come back, and he obeys you. That's dominion. That's not power. Power releases him from you. But to tell him not to come back. I'm going to go to Titus. We've got 20 more minutes. This is going good this morning. Where's, oh, I don't have Titus. Do I have Titus? Can somebody read Titus? Somebody, somebody pick up on Titus 3.5. Somebody else pick up on Philippians 2.12. Give me a mic. Uh, somebody else pick up on 1 Peter. Um, all right, Lee, you take Titus. Carrie, you take uh, Philippians 2.12. Made me take First Peter five ten, and you take the, uh, John seven thirty eight. Okay, Titus three five, and as each one reads, I'm going to be demonstrating something right here in front of these visions. Mm-hmm. Right, praise God. Titus three five, he saved us, but according to his mercy not as the result of works of righteousness, which we did, but through the washing of regeneration and of renewal by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So he saved us through the word and the spirit. Somebody somebody told you about the word that you needed to be saved. And when you began to hear it, the spirit of God began to incorporate and I call it the twin powers coming to you. And as soon as you heard it, the spirit of faith came to help you believe what you just heard. Amen. All right, let's go to the soul, and then we'll be finished. Gary? This is Philippians 2.12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. As you always obeyed in my presence. Isn't it amazing how you can get people to obey you as long as you're around them? Isn't that right, Dr. Lee? They'll come to you. They say, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. 
But God is saying to obey him if you can't see him. To obey him if you can't hear him. To obey him if you can't feel him. Because obedience releases the salvation that's already in your spirit man to come into your soul man and make something whole. Amen? Work it out. You got to work this thing out. And it's not painful. If you'll just stay with the word of God, you can have a painless journey. I know because I got saved, and I got saved. I was a drug addict. I was a, 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 a drug dealer. I was a drunkard. I, I was chasing women. God, I mean, love, I mean, money was my God. And when I got saved, everything left instantly. I didn't have to struggle with anything. But depression. Wow, what happened? Man, the devil would play with your mind with that one. But it would only hit me on Sunday. Just on Sunday. So I'm asking the Lord, what's, what's this? You delivered me from all this junk right here, but yet there's still depression in, in, my, in my head. He said, Gene, I want to teach you. And I can see now it was for the teaching of the kingdom ministry. He said, I want to teach you self-deliverance without anybody laying hands on you. He said, I want you to read and meditate on this word. It doesn't, I don't, he said, I don't care what you read, what you meditate on. It's all, all alive. And as you meditate on it, I'm going to deliver you from this. I never felt the pain of it. Two weeks later, it was gone. And that was 26 years ago. And I have not been depressed one time. Amen. That's what meditation will do. It brings forth that salvation that's in my spirit, man, into my soul. Go ahead, Amy. Let's go on this one. Okay, 1 Peter 5 and 10 says, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who imparts all blessing and favor, who has called you to his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will himself complete and make you what you ought to be, establish and ground you uh, securely, and strengthen and settle you. Amen. So isn't that wonderful? What's happening here is, is the Spirit and the Word in you are becoming one with God right here. Everything's becoming one. Amen? But he says, but the God of all glory, who called us into his eternal glory, after you had suffered for a what? A little while. And I tell you, you look up a little while, it says without breath. But before I can take a breath, I'm out of my trial. Because the only reason you feel pain is because you're breathing. Isn't that right? That's why he says without breath. 
Because it's amazing what we can let in through the breath and the voice that introduces pain at a later date. After we suffer for a little while, he'll perfect that truth. He'll establish me in the grace of that truth. He'll strengthen me with the anointing of that truth. And he'll settle me into the glory of the kingdom. But temptation's right here. Temptation is here. The same devil that was mad with me back here is coming to an angel of light to me right here. The same devil. Because the devil can put on many faces. If he can transform himself into an angel of light and preach the gospel, then he can do this. So the same devil that was mad with me is now coming to love me through temptation. He's going to stir up those senses. He's going to try to entice you to step out of this. And when you step out of it, the wound in my soul that wasn't quite stitched up all the way by the Holy Ghost and the Word, the devil's able to put that same seed back in there. And I just got demoted back to here. This is what's happening with the church. It's a repeat performance of going back and forth, back and forth. God does not tempt us. If you are tempted to go here or go there, or tempted for someone or for something while you're in your rest, don't do it. Because Jesus said, don't turn to the right or don't turn to the left. Or we'll be, going, we'll be regressing instead of progressing. This release, and we'll get into this in the teachings. This flow, remember, is established by witnesses and released in times and seasons of God. But in this time right here, if you're under an apostolic leader, he's going to release you. You can't release yourself out of this. Your leader sees the time of release. And he'll speak something. And he might speak something that's in your heart. And he don't even know it's in your heart. But the, the third witness just came. And it was a, the witness coming from authority. And it just moved me right out of this rest into an embrace. Now while I'm over here. The same devil that was mad with me over there, the same devil that came to me here as an angel to love on me, is now coming to me here with opposition. And you say, what's the difference between opposition and adversity? In my adversity, I had pain. My pain got healed right here. And the word took its place. Now here, as I'm embracing the glory and the covenant blessing, the enemy is opposed to this. It's the same devil 
but now he can't get in me. Amen? Like he could over there. So now the word has taken its rule right here. Amen? That's what dominion is. Is when the word, Jesus Christ, has taken up his rule in you. And there could be, you're always going to have opposition because as long as the devil's around, he's going to be opposed to you. But you won't feel it. You'll see it. It might be on a piece of paper. It might be coming out of somebody's voice, but it's not touching me because I'm in the secret place of the Most High God. Amen? Let's give him some praise. Thank you, Lord. Would y'all get anything out of that today? It took me months to break this thing down. And, um, and it's interesting that the timing of it all finishes up September 1. And then we resurrect into our glorious season. Praise God. I could just keep going on. Let's stand up and give him some, a shout of praise and thanksgiving. Father, I thank you. You're glorious, you're magnificent, you're mighty in power. You are so awesome, and we thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for it, Lord. This is what I'm going to be teaching at the Eagles Conference for 45 minutes, so i got to really condense this thing. Amen? So praise God. Father, I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for the precious Holy Spirit. I thank you for the blood of Jesus. And I say that the blood of Jesus now covers us. Uh, The Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our success in this. The final outcome, the salvation, the end of our faith. We thank you, Lord, for this outcome. And we give you glory and honor and praise today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.